from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week we're talking about what happened when the American Idol tour bus came to Oakland. We're also going to talk about why avocados are evil. Say it ain't so. No. And we're talking about why the live-action Aladdin is basically the worst. Ooh. Mm. Well, listen. Folks, I know that we spoke a lot last episode about what we did with our summers, but there was something I didn't tell you that Mm. I did. Withholding secrets. Have you heard of a small show called American Idol? Oh, I may have heard of a little show like that. Yeah, it gave us... Ryan? Kelly Clarkson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who has a new song, Mm. which is actually pretty good. Mm, Really? So you may or may not have been aware that for the first time ever, American Idol held open auditions in the Bay Area, but not in San Francisco, as they've always done before, Mm. for the first time ever in Oakland. Mm. In late August. Even American Idol is gentrifying Oakland? This is (laughs) Everybody is coming. Okay, well. The bus just rolled up. (laughs) The big blue tour bus rolled in. I really wanted to go and check it out. So it's a chilly morning on August 20th. I wake up and I go to Jack London Square. Oh, my God. I'm standing by what is not a hugely long line at the auditions for the newly revived American Idol. Lots of people keep breaking into song and then other people join in, which is great. I'm really intrigued to know, can this line of hundreds of people, mainly young people because the registration is limited to 15 to 28 year olds, Can this line really be full of fantastic professional-grade singers? I don't know. A member of the Oakland Police Department just came up to me and said, this is exciting, isn't it? (laughs) I like the way... You said something earlier. I can't remember what you said. You said something about the recent revival of the show. Uh It it made it feel like it was on CBR, like Life Support. (laughs) Because it is. It flatlined, oh, it and flat then we just like, got out the little the, the, the little pads and just brought it back. Clear. Just, and, and who was in the audition room? Because I'm pretty sure that cop probably auditioned at some point. I'm sure. Like, this. honestly, I met very excited people, and this cop was probably the most <laughs> excited person in the world. Okay, I'm going to break something to you. Okay. I think he might have been a stripper who, like, rips <gasps> off his cop uniform oh, you know? as his whole thing. Well, uh, you know what? We're in the upside down. There's no telling what can right. happen these days. I wondered why his handcuffs were fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> also, can I say the 28-year-old cutoff? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm offended. That's very rude. I'm offended. Just saying. I have things to give mm-hmm. with my voice, mm-hmm. but I'll just take it to the karaoke bar, I This guess. is the thing. I was actually shocked to discover, because it's all online, like the disclosures about the registration. If you want to sign up, it's 15 to 28 years old. I had no clue. I always thought that was like tacit, like you could turn up if you were like 60, mm. and they'd probably maybe let you audition as, you know, like a novelty. Well, I guess they don't want any Susan Boyles applying. Mm. This is the thing. Old people have things to give, too. You just just simultaneously insult and compliment that woman. Yeah. Well, I'm part of the old people now as well. That's true. That's true. Because I don't understand the pop music anymore. So I think I've transitioned. Crossed over. But what I will say is the biggest surprise that like early in the morning came when I really 
realised, what's in Jack London Square, guys? Oh, well, there's a Ben and Jerry's. There's a Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> Could <that> you know, <laughs> also be an Amtrak line. There is an Amtrak station so in the middle of Jack London Square. If you ever wondered what it sounds like when you're trying to talk to someone or maybe have someone perform on camera while an Amtrak line is going past, this is what it sounds like. Why are you here doing American Idol rather than, like, say, putting yourself on YouTube or... Or it, you say you do musical theatre. Uh, I just wondered what was behind that. It's kind of just like a why not. Like there's so many things to do with a singing talent that it's... I'm... <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted. Um... Tell me why you're distracted. Oh, I'm distracted because there's a man walking around with a flyer <laughs> asking us to fill it out. Which I already have, so I'm prepared. Oh yeah, the train. It's cold too. She's focused. She was like, what train? She is. I'm here to sing. Yeah, so you ever try to go on a date at, at Jack London Square? Never. Not. This is why you don't, because but that train ruins every romantic moment you could possibly and have. And the man with the flyer, too. Yeah. Apparently Ugh. at the movie theater as well, yeah. you can actually hear you can the hear Amtrak it line. in the theater. But that was closely. me chatting to a, a gal from Gilroy called Elena, who was telling me about her like love of musical theater. And as we were chatting, this train starts up, and I suddenly realize the open-air film set that American Idol have chosen is right next to some train tracks. Oh, so no. they didn't even rent out like a hall? That was my initial clue where I'm like, something is off here but anyway just to back up like 2016 was meant to be the final season of American Idol it was running for like 15 seasons Barack Obama helped say goodbye to it and then I think it was literally a month later the network ABC announced that they were going to be bringing it back from Fox and they called it and I quote a pop culture staple that left the air too soon no yeah Mm. like number one that was a month ago yeah (laughs) and number two like (laughs) The left the air too soon bit is debatable, but it definitely is a pop culture staple. For us, like, I think it's really easy to forget just how influential it's been and how it kind of normalized competing on TV. I mean, listen, no shade, but Star Search is the original. Uh So if you really want to talk about it, let's just bring Star Search back. If you're going to give fives to any program, it would be Star Search. And it would not be Beyonce's childhood little girl group. uh, No, Girl Time. Girl Time, yeah. And who they lost to, okay. Some men with fiddles or something. One thing that really struck me is that a show like American Idol has this set recipe and one of the key ingredients is like your story. Like you can be Mm. as talented as you like, but if you have a story and that's usually like some kind of struggle, some kind of like difficult past, like a family Mm -hmm. breakup, like a tragedy that you've overcome, usually with like music as the medicine, as like your therapy. Sponsored by cancer. This is the thing. Mm -hmm. And like the folks. Illiteracy. I remember Fantasia. That was her thing. And she overcame that. And people um, were like, I'm voting for her because that girl can't read. And she's going to make it. She's got she a voice on her. The Jordan Pass me that because she was in the same. She was also with Jennifer Hudson. That was the same Who got season. What? Sixth place? The mm. girl that can't read, I'm with her. Anyway. I, the thing is, the folks in the line, like, they're no fools. They know this. They've mm. seen the past seasons of American Idol. They know this and they have come ready, like, to tell the world. And by the world, I mean, like, the producers of the show and the cameras and, like, by extension, me, like, with my microphone. They've come ready to tell their story. And it was really kind of, um, I don't want to say jarring because that makes it sound like I'm ragging on these folks, which I am absolutely not. Um, But it was a little bit kind of, um, I had to kind of recalibrate because when you speak to someone um, and you've just met them and then they instantly tell you details of really bad stuff that happened in their life. Mm. This is normally stuff that would take you like months or even years to tease out of 
your closest friends. So media just, training. They've been they've got that media training. Like if any other context, if people leaped like to emotional third base in this way, you'd be just so startled. You'd be like, whoa, too much. Oh. But in the context of the line and with the cameras around you, it just seemed to make perfect sense. It was like par for the course. Like and no prompting as well. Like I would ask people about like, oh, how did you get into music? Or well, tell me about that guitar on your back. And then suddenly they would tell me about like past struggles and like breakups and um, difficult childhoods. Mm. And I don't know, it's really surprising. I want to play one clip of a guy I chatted to called Gabriel, who I kind of ambushed as he was having like a smoking break. Because the line is really intense. Like you would hear people having these conversations where they would be talking about like, oh, I did this one man show or I auditioned for The Voice or whatever. And people will like break into song and then sing alongs will happen. Like people are yelling out their Snapchat handles. Whoa. It's oh. a lot. So no wonder this guy just wanted to go and have like a quick cigarette. But obviously I ambushed <laughs> him when he did. And he, you know, we got chatting and I asked him about music and then this happened. And what is it about music you love and you'd want to make a career out of? Well, music has got me through a lot of like troubles in my life and it's got me through some pretty rough times. And um, I don't know, I really appreciate music because it's a way I could like be myself. I could uh, express myself to people. And that's what I love, like about music. Would you be comfortable telling me a little bit more about the tough times that music's got you through? Yeah, yeah. I was actually, I was married, and um, um, I, I, there was a point where I was about to commit suicide. Um, it's something I don't tell people often, but I want people to know now because I'm going on public, so I want people to know that um, that's not always the best route, and um, there's always uh, better things for you in the future. And if you get in there and the, uh, the TV producers want to talk to you about your life and, you know, struggles you might have gone through, and if they want you to talk about that stuff on TV, uh, how are you going to feel about that? I, I'm uncomfortable right now. There was a point in my life where I couldn't open up to no one, but right now I'm at a point where I want people to know that they're not alone, that there's always better routes for, for them, and just be an inspiration for everyone. Wow. Mm, he was like, let me just... Let's just lay all the cards out. Because people were there with their families, because 15 to 28 year olds, mm -hmm. like people would bring along like, you know, their mum for support. It wasn't just like the idle hopefuls that would tell me about their backstories, but also their family members. So I got chatting to um, one uh, girl called Courtney who was uh, trying out and her mum, Alicia, then was telling me about their life together. And she told me this. Are there any uh, previous American Idol winners that you know she compares herself to or would like to emulate? Or She is a, um, a combination of like Lauryn Hill and Whitney Houston. Her range is high. Um, her, her voice is really strong, like um, Fantasia. You know, it's, it's like it's different like that. Her sound is real different. And I think the judge is going gonna, is gonna to really like or enjoy hearing her sing. And if she was picked and went through to the next rounds, uh, how do you think that would change her life, but also your family's life? It would be huge. Definitely um, a game changer. We had like a major uh, tragedy. She lost her father last year um, to kidney failure. So this is kind of like a tribute for him to, you know, um, showing her daddy in heaven that, you know, I'm still doing it, Daddy, this is for you. And so, um, yeah, it's for her dad. Have you guys always been big fans of the show, American Idol? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
I'm surprised. You know, well, I was happy it came back because it gives like a lot of people an opportunity. And I look, I'm looking around right now. There's so much talent out here. I'm actually excited for everybody here because this is a great opportunity for them to just shine. It's, it's, this is the time to shine. Life is so precious and so short. Just by me losing my husband, I know that for a fact. It's, you have to do it today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is today. Wow. She said Whitney and Lauren Hill. I need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear this. Right? Oh, yeah. That's touching. She though. sang beautifully. Her daughter was really, really great. Ooh. Really? Yeah. I, I can't help but wondering, like, who the people that I met, like, whether they'll, whether I'll see them, like, on the show or... But do you see what I mean? How you'll be talking to someone about something fairly innocuous, about, like, how their kid learned to sing or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in the American Idol line, like emotion and honesty are like that close to the surface mm-hmm. and all you have to do is scratch it slightly and the stories come out so it's just a wow. different way of being and I don't know whether it's like proximity to cameras that means that happens but yeah it was really startling I, I was taken aback I'll admit well I was listening to that at first I was thinking of like okay maybe this show is pressuring people to kind of let out all of their emotion kind of in a pornographic kind of uh-huh. way and I was feeling a little weird about it because both of the people we just listened to were just very forthcoming with these really intense stories to you who's not even working on this show yeah. so like imagine what they're saying inside but then I started thinking well maybe there's a different side to that American Idol is allowing people to be comfortable talking about these struggles and be more open about depression, mental health, suicide, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's good that we're talking about this stuff. Mm. So I'm not sure how to feel about it. That's the thing. Neither am I. Like there were so many contradicting like factors that I encountered during that day. But like as I talked to people more and more, it became really clear that like the years of watching shows like American Idol have kind of trained people to already see them themselves as other people will mm-hmm. on screen like as a package or even like a product to be viewed and like valued and when they talk about themselves and their dreams they're already seeing themselves as they imagine the audience will we'll see them mm-hmm. yeah and it's That's like yeah you know we talk about the male gaze it's kind of like the reality tv gaze like mm. it's that version of it it's so interesting like at the um the the woman whose audio i played earlier with the train kind of cl- like clattering over her um she already had this idea that people would see her as um tracy turnblad from hairspray and if you were picked to be on the show and people were watching you what do you think folks at home would think of you like who do you think they'd compare you to um, I always think I'm literally Tracy Turnblad, so everyone would think, oh, it's that big girl from high school that no one really, like, looked at, but she's a star now, so, hey, <laughs> Tracy Turnblad from Gilroy, California, not Brooklyn, Baltimore! Come I'm glad she corrected herself, because it is Baltimore. I thought of you instantly with your Baltimore affiliation. Yes. Come through, look at me now, episode of a talk <laughs> show. Yes. And she was like, That's the thing, people are already thinking of themselves in those terms, like how they will deliver their piece to camera, talking yeah. about their journey, and they're like one step ahead, and there's almost something like weirdly refreshing about that. They've gotten in front of the process. Mm. And also while we're talking about reality TV's impact on how people are living their lives, I feel like the Kardashians have made us all be very aware of our brand and like how we would sell ourselves to people and so she already has her brand like picked out when they ask her that question she's going to have the answer and if you don't you're not going to get picked yeah like it's like this weird but almost great like hyper self-awareness and it was really brought into relief when I was just like chilling off to the side because it was like intense talking to people and I wanted to take a break and I was typing up notes on my phone and then suddenly this woman appeared at my elbow and said oh if you are looking for stories 
my daughter is the story that you I want. I heard that. I know. And it's like, excuse me, hello. Stage mom. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, do you want to tell me more about that? She was like, yeah. So we're, you know, we're a military family. Um, she's moved around a lot. And uh, yeah, she she has the story that you're looking for, the story wow. that you want. So I thought, oh, okay. So, you know, went along and um, chatted to them both. And it was just very telling how, you know, this woman had identified me. Clearly, you know, she was right. I was looking for people to talk to. Mm-hmm. So were the, you know, the American Idol crew were going up and down the line looking for people with stories like that. So again, getting in front of it saying, if you want a story, my daughter is it. She was the Chris Jenner of the line. She wow. kind of was. And the people who were in that line were genuinely seeing the show as their opportunity to be like an ambassador for something. They don't want to just be some kid's favorite new singer. They genuinely want to be that kid's idol. And it was strongest in this one guy I chatted to called Tito. I actually grabbed him kind of like just a few minutes after he just got through. So as you can hear, he sounds pretty excited. We're in a little show called American Idol right now. No big deal. And uh, my name is Tito Herrera, or just Tito Herrera. I'm 27 years old. I'm originally from San Francisco, but now I live in LA and I'm single. And um, yeah, we're just here in American Idol, just bopping and chopping and just doing what we love to do. And so what just happened? You did an audition and? Yes, so I got through the first round, just interviewed, so now we're going to the producers, which is kind of nerve-wracking because I've never gotten this far with any shows. So I don't know what to expect, you know, but I think you just got to out, you know, show your personality. And me, personally, I'm just a very loud person. So, like, I'll go to the library and I'll be like, hey, can I order some burgers? And they'll be like, sir, this is a library. I'm like, oh, can I order some burgers? You know, so I'm just a naturally very loud person, so. Anywho, yeah, American Idol got through, and we're just excited for the next round. Sorry, I talk a lot, so. He is my idol. Can you hear how excited Tito was? Tito Errara. He had the quips. He was adorable. He was just so excited to be there. Library joke? Yes. Exactly. He's (laughs) in with the jokes. Using it as a dating opportunity. He's single. He wants the world to know. But, of course, what happened, we were talking about music, and instantly Tito started telling me, He's been through some rough times. Like mm. he was very keen to share his particular story, which was that he wanted to move down to LA. His he didn't get financial support from his family, and he wound up in a situation where he didn't have a job. He um, picked up some go-go dancing work, and he was living out of his car for a little Ooh. bit. So super upfront about that. So not only did he want to tell me that he'd been through that, he saw American Idol as his opportunity to be like a spokesperson for people who may have gone through similar things. And this is actually what he told me when they first. See me, and it's gonna be like, oh, here's another Ricky Martin lookalike. He thinks he knows it all, you know, no big deal. But I hope that my story and my voice can be a voice for those who don't have one. There's a lot of people, with lots of Latin immigrants who probably don't have that confidence to speak out for themselves, you know, especially with our president in office. A lot of us do feel kind of, oh, I'm getting so political. A lot of us feel, you know, quiet. We feel like if we say something, we'll get deported or we'll, we'll be sent back, you know, to where we came from. My parents are immigrants from El Salvador. So for me, it's so important to be that voice for uh, young Latin males, Latin females, Latin girls, boys, and show them that you can do it. It doesn't matter if you speak Spanish, if you're Brazilian, if you speak Portuguese. If you're Latino, más sabor, you know, more flavor, you know. You're adding something to the mix that no one else has. And I think we're a pretty special group of people. So I hope to be that reaction to them when they see me on TV. And do you feel like almost being on this reality TV show that a lot of people think like, oh, it's fun, it's entertainment, it could almost be like kind of a political act for you? Kind of. For me, it's, yeah, it's important. Um, just because for me, it's almost a, 
We can't swear, right? Have a, have a potty mouth. I can, so bleep, a, <laughs> I can bleep you. <laughs> for me, it's almost like a f you to Donald Trump. I'm Latino and I'm reaching for my dreams in this country. My parents, you know, escaped the war in El Salvador back in the 80s and they made a, trying to make a, a better life for us. And I want to be that boy. So F you. We're bigger than you are. We have a loud voice. We have so much, so many beautiful cultures within our culture. And we're going to show you, America, that we can sing. We're so creative and you're lucky to have us. <laughs> yes. So Preach yeah, it. Through. He was, uh, it's pretty clear about his motivations. And I asked him, like, what, are you not concerned that this, like, reality TV machine will edit you or like at least gloss over like your politics and your passions like mm -hmm. don't aren't you concerned that you'll turn on the tv with us all and just see this version of yourself that you don't recognize and he was so pragmatic he was like he actually said to me if i sign a contract i sign a contract as long as i get my message across i've done my job it's all cool and everyone i spoke to was like that i would mm. kind of try and tease out to people like aren't you concerned like haven't you read like you know opinion pieces about how reality TV kind of <laughs> manipulates truth, blah, blah, blah. And um, no one seemed concerned. So the more I spoke to people, like this really struck me how there was this familiarity with the machinery of reality TV and how it works and how if you have this story, like that's a good thing mm -hmm. and bring it to the fore, how that familiarity was like paired with this total lack of concern about that machinery. Do you know what I mean? So people mm. were genuinely like playing the game. No one saw any downsides to like public scrutiny, having to leave their home communities. Everything was amazing. Like being in the next idol would be amazing. Leaving my town would be amazing. Everyone around me is amazing. So like this interesting relentless positivity. And even the people who didn't get through, like I kind of flagged down a few people just as they had like auditioned unsuccessfully. And it was always like, oh, there's always another show. Like, there's a, mm. you know, I'll do The Voice or I'll do America's Got Talent or I'll put myself on YouTube. There was always that sense of, like, I know my options and this is not the end of the road, which is funny because when you watch the show on TV, I feel like it's full of people just about as they're, like, going into the audition saying, you know, this is my last chance. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe they're 28. Yeah, maybe they're 28 exactly. years. I know it's this cliche to point out, like, oh, Janis Joplin would never have gone through or, like, Tom Waits would never have got through American Idol. But when you're listening to, like, audition after audition after audition, it's startling how, like, homogenized the sound is. Mm. And everybody sings the same songs as well. And I actually asked this woman called Nancy Yearing, who was a casting producer, I asked her about the songs that everyone sings, and she told me what they were. Do you feel like you're hearing the same songs again and again today? Yes. Which yes. ones? Uh, there's a lot of Alicia Keys, um, At Last, House of the Rising Sun, and, and these are things that, you know, are, in my opinion, I mean, amazing songs, but they've just been overdone. So I think, you know, for people to come in and, and get creative, and there's so many songs out there, and it seems like everybody auditions with the same 50, and I don't know if they're getting them from their vocal coaches or what, um, you know, but just encourage people to explore new music as well and, and bring that to the table. I also asked her, was she aware that her Oakland film set was on top of an Amtrak train? <laughs> <laughs> and she said no. She said they only found out the morning they arrived. Oh. Um, but it's just funny because she kind of spun it into like, oh, this is a positive. Like, How, you know, girl? yeah, she was like, A, I have a good view of the train tracks so I can stop the cameras if I need to. And B, and B, you know, it's a good test to see what someone can sing through. So maybe you're going to see more like Amtrak trains on Merch. Wow. Like, oh. And plus, you can go put coins on the rails and <laughs> then see them flat. Yes. Maybe the next audition will be on an Amtrak train. There we go. Boom. So it was all about the positivity. You know, I tried to ask her, like, aren't you? 
you worried you're missing out on some like top notch 29 year old talent? And she was like, no, you know, if people are going to be successful, they're going to be successful. I asked her why Oakland as well. And she said, you know, they were just like taken by the coolness of it. They'd heard about Oakland and, and that it would allow people to come from, you know, different areas that they might not have come to before. They wanted you to know that this new series, this new American Idol hip. series is hip. Okay. It's as woke as Katy Perry. <laughs> exactly. And sponsored by Amtrak. <laughs> but, you know, in closing, everyone was having a really great time. No, if anyone f- kind of shared my cynicism or suspicions, they weren't telling me. It was not what I expected in multiple ways. And if you're interested in hearing more, there is a longer write-up on KQED Pop right now. And, uh, yeah, I thought we would play ourselves out with 15-year-old Kirsten from Benicia doing a little performance that she did for me of... Uh, Great Balls of Fire. Oh, okay. You're fine, so kind. I'm a jealous world that you're my, 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 mine. I chew my nails, twiddle my thumb. I'm ruining those honey, it sure is fun. Come on, baby, you're driving me crazy. Goodness gracious, Great Balls of Fire! Hey guys, so I am going to talk to you a little bit about something called the alligator pear. The, the who? What's now? Uh, or butterfruit. Does that ring a bell? Butterface? <laughs> <laughs> Vegetables are, are great, but yes. butterfruit is good. These are all <laughs> nicknames, perhaps, for something that I guess we can call the millennial mascot, which is the avocado. Oh, the reason why we don't have houses. Yeah. Yum. Uh, yes. Excuse me, I think that's avocado toast. Avocado toast. Which I had this morning. Yes. Bread's and, uh, cheap, avocado ain't. Listen, so avocado is fantastic. We all know this, right? Do we all agree? Does everybody in this room agree that avocado is fantastic? Obsessed. It's Obsessed. the fattiest of the fruits. Right. So, um, and, you know, it reduces obesity, diabetes, heart disease. I mean, it's good for your skin. It's good for your hair. Avocado oil, very good for it's the skin. It's just avocado oil. Shout like, out. you know, it has more potassium than a banana. We love avocado. <laughs> we love this. Hmm. Fruit. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. It is technically a fruit. You know, I didn't, but I'm going to pretend I'm smart. More specifically, it is a berry. What? Hello. Oh. We all love this. And now that we've talked about how much we love this, let's talk about how you are ruining the lives of people. Oh, damn it. By consuming it. Of course. Oh, no. Okay. So what you don't know, and what you may not know, so I won't, I won't assume that the listeners don't know because they might know. They might be up on this and I might be late. They're PhDs. Okay. They're yeah. PhDs. So avocados are ruining lives in Mexico. Why? Uh, What what have we done? Well, let's start. What have we done now? So please forgive me because I failed Spanish multiple times. Uh, (laughs) But but I will try to, to pull this off. So in western Mexico, there's a state called Michoacan, which is considered the avocado capital of the world. Oh, hotspot. So approximately like 40% of avocados come from this area, right? Wonderful. Wonderful. So they were just minding their business. They were, you know, producing avocados that grow year round in Mexico. Everybody's happy. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. avocados become popular. (laughs) Oh, dear. There becomes this demand, international demand for them. And so what happens? Deforestation. Oh, no. Oops, we did it again. Mm -hmm. On top of that, the pesticides and the chemicals that they're using to fertilize the avocados are poisoning water sources. We're slinging around a lot of accusations Uh, Yes, well, you take it up with The Independent for an article they wrote on November 4th, 2016. Bloody Brits. Okay, this is why you need to think twice about eating avocados. Local NGOs are saying that it is polluting the water source. It's causing issues with local children, breathing, respiratory issues. And also some of these orchards, which were formerly rainforests, were acquired by, quote, 
dubious means. Uh-oh. So a lot of people are just popping Uh-oh. up, planting uh, when they don't really have the rights to. As you guys know, avocados are a thing. The first boom was like in the 1970s, but then they really took off in the 2000s. And there's been like a huge increase. The United States is the biggest. According to NPR, Americans ate 2 billion pounds of avocado last year. Objectively, that's too much. I too feel much. That's a lot of avocado toast. One yeah. of those billion was me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about it, Mexico. Two thirds of which were imported from Mexico. In 2003, exports reached about $60 million. By 2015, we were at $1.5 billion. Oh, God. So we are eating through these avocados at a rapid pace. Yeah. Okay. We need to slow our roll. Slow maybe eat your different roll. kinds of berries. Slow your avocado mm-hmm. roll. Slow your avocado roll. Yeah. And think about other places. Because I'll be honest. So I didn't grow up with a lot. And so for me, this carbon footprint and, and being healthy and thinking about like you know, the social impact of what you eat just has not really, it, it's just now getting to me and, and, and I'm just now comprehending it because I'm like old enough to be like, oh, I have money and my actions have consequences. And it's not something that I had to think about before because I didn't have a lot of resources. So I was like, I'm going to eat what I can. Mm-hmm. So now I'm thinking about what my impact is and I'm trying to be more responsible. So what can you do? So you can look for fair trade labels yeah. because there's also concern about cartels who are now sort of muscling in on the oh, avocado trade. Avocado and so cartels. if you're supporting... Certain avocados, you, you, certain produce, you may also be supporting cartels. Also, you want to look for organic, although organic does not guarantee a living wage. It is better because, you know, pesticides aren't being used and they're not ruining communities. And you can eat other things, you know. You want <laughs> vitamin the E? ultimate advice. Vitamin E? Then get yourself some sunflower seeds, vitamin K, broccoli, or cabbage. Okay. Um, are you looking for... I don't like broccoli. Well, listen, everybody likes broccoli. <laughs> You're an adult. You have to eat it now. The mum and you just totally came out. <laughs> Monosaturated oils. Get you some olives. Get you some lamb. Get you some olive oil. You looking for folate lentils, cauliflower. Yes. Make you hippie. Get out of here with your choices. lentils. I'll be back with some patchouli oil shortly. Next you're going to be like hemp bread. It's a thing. <laughs> so, you know, in the end, avocados are delicious, but let's just enjoy them responsibly. Wow. So the avocado toast that I had this morning, now I have indigestion. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Mexico, for everything we've done. We've got a lot of apologizing to do to Mexico yeah, over the years. True. Is it too late now to say sorry? Mm. <laughs> if it's not too late for Justin Bieber, it's not too late for us. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's the peak in the pit. Hey, the peak in the pit. Hey. So it's time for our peak in the pit. Oh. This week's pit goes to the live action Aladdin film. Oh. Oh. Well, this one has a storied history, does it not? So if you don't know, Guy Ritchie's directing it. Fine, whatever. Will Smith is the genie, which I'll allow because he was born on my birthday. Mm. (laughs) I'll allow it, yes. For Aladdin, they picked a man named Mina Masood. He's from Egypt. He was born the year the movie came out, 1992. Wait a minute. They've actually... Hang on. Sorry. I just want to make sure I've got this correct. They've actually cast someone that's from the The region. region. Imagine. And don't worry. He's hot enough to play Aladdin. So... What's going to be my next question? The little vest will be in effect. It's fine. They got the pink Power Ranger from the, like, reboot. Her name is Naomi Scott. She's half Indian to play Jasmine. Okay. Okay, fine. Jafar is Tunisian. His name is Marwan Kanzari. You should look at a photo of him. He's hotter than Aladdin. She might choose Jafar. Oh, really? I'm going to be conflicted. Yep. And it was all fine and good. And we were all happy. Until. Oh, no. Reports said a man by the name of Billy Magnuson 
was added to the cast. They created a character for him. And in case you're wondering, he is so white, he is best known for starring as Rapunzel's prince in Into the Woods. Hang on. So oh, what's gosh. the part they've invented for this yes, guy? Is it like Aladdin's this. foreign exchange student from Iceland? I think he's going to be like a competing prince. Why? Sway? Why? <laughs> he you, doesn't have the answers. <laughs> you can pretend Jesus was white all you want, but what you're not going to do is disrespect Agrabah you like that. You are not going to disrespect Disney history in my childhood. That's what this is. Mm. They just couldn't let brown people have their one thing, one single thing. They're like, mm. people won't go see it if there isn't at least one white person. Mm. But guess what? People of color go to see white movies all the time. And guess what? You don't always have to be the star. And you can relate because we're all humans. Just let a Latin reboot be great. Just let him be great. That's not going to happen. Mm. Maybe you <laughs> like you shut that down. This is not happening. <laughs> they wasted their three wishes, and psh, guys, really? don't mm-hmm. make me talk again about how the Fast and the Furious is like the most successful franchise in the world with an intensely diverse cast. Don't make me go we down have that a whole path episode again. for that. Yeah, oh, just go and listen so. to that. <laughs> it's called the Book of Diesel. Hey, family, family, family. <laughs> so let's just rise out of that. To the peak of the week. Okay. So we all know a product of aging is the continuous discovery of weird dents and like lines on your face mm-hmm. and sunspots. Prefer not to talk about this. And sometimes looking in the mirror can feel like Lindsay Lohan when she's trapped in Jamie Lee Curtis's body <laughs> in Freaky Friday, where she looks in the mirror and says, Look at me. Oh, I'm like the Crypt Keeper. Okay, that's enough. Someone who's never screamed that at his own reflection is... Pharrell. Yes. Yes, Pharrell. <laughs> yes. He does not age. A hundred points <laughs> for doesn't. Gryffindor, whatever house you're in. So Pharrell has made a name for himself for having perfect baby bottom skin. Mm. Oh, it's amazing. Since like 1829. He's ageless. He's a vampire. Who knows when he was I'm born. Just, yeah, yeah. He's a vampire. So is it just a product of him being filthy rich? Is it a product of having Beyonce's phone number in your phone? Yeah, I think that too. Proximity to Beyonce is like yeah. part of it. It'll just clear right up. Right up. Could be avocado oil. Could be. <laughs> Could be. And then you're ruining lives. See? <laughs> so apparently it's not either of those things, even though they might be helping. It is actually his skincare regimen. Okay, well, let's break it down. I need details. And he mm. revealed what that is for us. So in an interview with Into the Gloss, Pharrell revealed that he... Quote, exfoliates like a madman. When you exfoliate and you drink a lot of water, that goes good for you. To me, the key is just exfoliating like a monster. There's a lot of dead skin all the time, like a narcissistic madman, I'm saying. He also uses a Glytone self-foaming cleanser, Hmm. a clearing toner, and a moisturizer, all from a dermatologist, not from the store. So don't go to Target. Okay, okay. So now you know the trick to not cracking. And he gave it to us. I've never felt younger. Exfoliation for the nation. So now I need a dermatologist is what you're saying? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what that yeah. means. I always thought that overly exfoliating was meant to be quite bad for you because it's quite harsh. Look yeah. at Pharrell's face. I'm just saying. It does not lie. <laughs> you're like, listen, lady. Have you ever read that expose on apricot facial scrub? No. Yes. Google it. Yeah, that's it ruined lives too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ruined lives. Yeah. Oh, and that's gosh. one of my faves, so. Damn. Yeah, you got to be careful. It's like mm. tiny little rocks. Yikes. So <laughs> listen to Pharrell or don't. I don't know. <laughs> just use a towel. You have to exfoliate with the with the Roughish tile. Got it. Towel. <laughs> Not, Not a, a towel. Towel. <laughs> towel. Take no a tile from your bathroom wall <laughs> and just kind of scrape <laughs> it along your face from the nose to the chin. Wow. Well. 
Okay, so this week, I want to share a little song with you that I've been enjoying all summer. Please do. Bring okay. it. Okay. So, you know, I'm a little late to the game. I don't really pick new music. It takes me a few months to be like, oh, have you heard this? And people are like, we heard that three months ago. Yeah. So, Emma Silvers, yes. our former music editor, who is now off doing big things. Esteemed. Came into the studio and she told us that DJ Khaled would own the summer. She said this oh, to us. Yep. She, she did. I did not believe her. Mm-hmm. And then, midway through the summer, I started listening to his compilation album, Grateful. Oh, okay. gosh. And there's one little ditty that has caught my ear. It is uh, Shining by Beyonce and Jay-Z. Oh. So, I don't know if you heard this song. I have. But no. she is shining all the way through. And the song just makes me feel good. She talks about shining. She talks about winning. And every Every time I listen to it for four minutes and 44 seconds, I have 20 Grammys. <laughs> I am a millionaire. And I let the top down off my coupe, also known as the minivan. Um, yes. So delightful. Yes. I'm, everything is winning. I'm washing dishes. I, I pay bills on time. I'm like, oh, it is winning. So I'm just winning. I and would so, like to pick you up on your pronunciation of DJ Khaled. I think it's actually pronounced DJ Khaled. It, exactly. I'm going to loop that so many times. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> so I know summer is coming to an end, but you keep shining and you keep winning. Let's ride out on that. Thanks to our podcast, Papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. Please subscribe on iTunes. Also, rate us if you like us. If you don't, um, you never heard this. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Teacup in the Bay. I am at Jamidra Says. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Bye. Bye. DJ Khaled!